Lewis. Bortel makes a run ahead of it. Bergkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Bergkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland. This is the preview for Arsenal v Liverpool, which me and Stan have just decided that we agree is going to be an absolute disaster. We're going to get our arse handed to us on a golden platter with lots of sprinkles and... uh, and other stuff that uh, I'm not interested in. Uh, sorry for not doing the podcast yesterday with me, Craig and Melvin. I went out for dinner on Thursday to celebrate my mum's what would have been her 80th birthday. We took her, we took her urn with us. We took her to the garden centre and then we took her out for dinner and she had a lovely time. And uh, yeah, I, ha- I went to um, the restaurant in Cambridge that does burgers and steak and all that lot. And I got the shits again. <laughs> so there you go. So I moved it from 8 to 8.20. And then from 8.20, I went, oh, no. By the time I was finished and felt better, it was about half past nine at night. So there you go. Shared a little bit of my life. As usual, too much. And with me to talk about the uh, the schlobberknocker, the annihilation, the destroying of, of the Arsenal tomorrow is uh, one of the nicest people in the whole of Canada. I only know two. And you're second. It's Stan the Man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Hello, everyone. And I do not have the shits today. No, nor do I. I very. I mean, I've been on a meat diet. Nothing but uh, the, uh, as we all know, as I've been boring you with at every possible opportunity, the the carnivore diet, and I've had absolutely no problems with it. But then, as soon as I eat human food, it all goes to pieces. So uh, that, that that that'll learn you, won't it? Are you uh, are you all right then? Yeah, I'm not bad at all, to be honest. Um, had a bit of a chesty cough and a cold for a couple of weeks, but I, I still live. Good. So I'm not too bad. I'm glad. And that if anybody needed any more evidence than the fact that you're here, that you're alive, then um, then you're crazy. And how's the hair coming along? That's what everybody wants to know. Yeah, not bad. Getting there. Our very own Leonardo Trossard. It is getting Same a bit trossard isn't it? Yeah. It is. So. I'm still not over that shock. I've had to go into therapy about that. Uh, a bald man who hasn't wasn't actually bald. There's no such thing. And yeah. apparently you are the thing. Let's have a say hello to some of the, the wonderful people that got nothing better to do with their lives and come and watch us doing this. It is Stefan, who's been with ABW since the first day of the first week of the first month of the first year. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, should be good tomorrow. If we play well, we win. That's not happening. And lots of numbers. Going to have to play well. Anthony Taylor is the referee. Oh, gee, has made it even worse. We aren't going to get many decisions to go for us. That's very true. And David Coote is VAR, clueless individual. Maybe they'll let his guide dog do something this time. Uh, Patrick Carlson is there. Have you got any snow where you are, Patrick? Uh, it goes for every referee. Every It goes for every year. Yeah, all the referees are just the same. Phil Macker is there. Hello, Phil. Mr. Waffles. Hello. How are you doing? In not Portland, Phil Macker. I'm not feeling positive vibes for tomorrow. You'd be correct. Uh, go bold, Stanley. It takes 20 years off you. It doesn't. It's funny he says that because my missus says that the hair makes me look younger. So it does. It's, but you've got you've got a young looking face. You, an innocent face is why you got away with so much stuff when you before you had to flee the country, which was just uh, which is nice. <laughs> Rudy says hello, boy. Ten. I absolutely can't see how we win tomorrow. Boy tens on the doom train of gloom. So, uh, yeah, let's have a look at um, going through the usual things I need to talk about. I have a list. First of all, the game is Arsenal v Liverpool. Uh, what competition I hear you ask? It's the Premier League. Uh, what day is the game? It's Sunday the 7th of January. That's tomorrow. 4.30pm in London, 11.30am in New York, 8.30am in Vancouver. Will you be getting up for it, Stan? Oh, well, that's a sensible hour to be getting up at. 830 Wow. I might even go to the uh, pub. Pub open oh, for that as well. But steady uh, on. 3.30am in Sydney, 10pm in New Delhi, and 1.30am in Tokyo. Where can you see it? I hear nobody ask. Sky Sports Premier League, Sky Sports Main Event, or IPTV. I didn't say that. 
Uh, you can listen to it on the radio on BBC iPlayer. Um, I did put players – oh, players out injured. Julian Timber knee injury – Probably back at the end of one, back at the end of April, Fabio Vieira he is uh, going to be back the end of middle of February. Add another month to that. Thomas Party. Don't think we talk about that. Previous games v Liverpool. All I've done is gone to the last one of these shows that I did, which was the Liverpool preview, I think, and then I've added one. Two hundred and forty-one games. We won eighty-two. They've won ninety-five, and we've drawn sixty-four. Uh, the first, uh, the last five games against Liverpool, well, 7th of January, they beat us 2-0 in the FA Cup at home. Uh, all these games are yeah, And before that, we beat them 3-2 in October 22. March 22, they beat us 2-0. January 22, they beat us 2-0 in the League Cup. And April 21, they came to here in the Premier League and smashed us 3-0. Arteta's record against Liverpool is the same as his record against Klopp because Klopp has been the whole has been manager at Liverpool the whole time that Arteta's been <coughs> Beat Liverpool four times, lost Liverpool six times, and he's drawn against Liverpool three times. And the only note I've made, Stan, if we lose this tomorrow, we will be eight points behind Liverpool and our season will be null and void dead. Do you agree? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, you know, there are some people that may say, you know, if we come away with a draw, both sides should be happy. But for me, I think for where we are and where we're trying to get to and how we're trying to develop as a team, I want all three points and a convincing win. I don't think that's going to happen, but that's what I would like to see. To, and it would be good for the confidence of the team if we could smash them like, you know, 3 1 and put in a dominant display. The only problem with that is that I just don't see us being able to do that at the moment. And I've actually resigned myself to the fact that the team that we have, albeit it's a good team, I don't think it's a championship winning side. I think we're still a few pieces away from being able to do that. What would those pieces be? And do you think those pieces are ever going to turn up? Well, you know, you, you look at a player like Thomas Party, for example, who could be a great help to us. You know, he'd be a great piece to have coming into the team. But it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're never available, then it, it just it's just null and void, isn't it? You know, and we have a similar situation with Tommy Asu as well. You know, Gabriel Jesus always, you know, it looks like he's only a knock away from being out again for a while. So, you know, we have a, we have problem, problems on that side with not being able to count on players all of the time or wincing every time a certain player gets knocked and fall to the ground. You're thinking, oh, no, is this guy going to get stretched off? You know, so it doesn't give me a lot of confidence. We d- we're definitely missing something going through the middle. You know, variety-wise, and if you look at the, if you compare us to Liverpool, and you look at all of the different pieces that they can slot in up front, what they've got, they've got they've got Diaz, they've got uh, Nunes, they've got Jota, they've got Gakpo, they've got Salah. You know, there's five players there that can all do damage, and we've just got our three. Everybody knows that we have to play basically Saka, Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus. And then we've got to keep our fingers crossed that all three of them are in form and firing on the same day. Because if they're not, we don't have another couple of pieces dangerous enough to bring in. We've got Eddie and Katia. And Reese Nelson. And it doesn't really, you know, if you're, if you're the opposition and it's 60 minutes in and you look over and you see that those two are coming on, it doesn't really instill fear. But on the other side of it, if you're looking up and you've got Gakpo coming on and Nunes coming on or perhaps Diaz or what have you, it's going to give you something to, th- to think about. You're going to be like, oh, no, we're going to definitely be under the cosh here. We just don't have that fear factor and that variety. Um, Boy 10 says that party is never playing for Arsenal. Again, the injury news is fake news. The longer this goes on, the more you think, has this got legs? Could it be that for reasons that we won't talk about, he's never going to play for the Arsenal again because, like Rudy says, party needs to be sold in this summer. Even if we he is going to play for us this season, he has to go. But he's got one year left on his contract um, at the end of this season, hasn't he? And how much would we get for him then? I, I mean, I said in our podcast, uh, probably in December or, or before December, before the window opened, I said we've probably... I. It wouldn't surprise me if we've seen Thomas Party already play his last game for Arsenal. And I said that at the time because I felt that we were going to move him on in January. 
So now that we haven't moved him on in January, and now we're getting news that he's still not going to be av- uh, uh, still not be available. Maybe there is something more to it that we won't see him playing for Arsenal, not because we can sell him quickly, but there's other reasons, like you say. It does seem a little bit... I mean, someone said on Twitter the other day, you know, does he even want to play for us anymore? They're feeling, you know, they were feeling like, does this guy even want to play for us anymore? What's going on here? Oh, I don't feel well. Yeah, I still feel a bit sick. I can't come to work. Do you know what I mean? Sitting in bed, eating popcorn, watching cartoons. We've (laughs) seen this before, haven't we? We've seen this before many, many times with uh, not only just players at our club, but players at other clubs like... uh, who was it? The um, Sancho at Man United has had is, is doing this kind of stuff. Um, that's just in at the moment. But I'm just going to bring up this. This is our probably what we think Arteta's favourite side is at the moment. Rare in goal, White and Zinchenko at fullback, Gabriel and Sleeper at the back, Rice in the holding position. Havertz, that's the debatable bit. I think Havertz is the one that Arteta would love to play in that position if he actually yeah. did something regularly. Erdegaard on the right uh, um, right eight, and then Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli out front. Hmm. Outside of that, we don't really have anything, do we, that is going to come and, and do anything special? Because we've seen that um, Smith-Rowe started his second game of the season. Somebody in our YouTube comments commented that, I said he hadn't started a game for best part of, since the end of 21-22. I heard that on the radio. Um, yeah, you're right. He played. He started against Sheffield United, played 73 minutes or something like that. So even Smith-Rowe coming in, as much as we all love him, you can't have a player come in who's started one game in, in two and a bit seasons and then expect him to do stuff straight away. He did a few little things, but that's going to take a run of games to get him fit. So how far away from this line-up here do you think um, Arteta is going to go tomorrow against Liverpool? I don't. I think we're probably looking at the lineup for the reasons yeah. that you said. I mean, Emil Smith Rowe lasted about sixty minutes in in the last game, and because of how big this game is, I would rather, if anything, have him coming off of the bench. We know that he can be useful coming off the bench. He done it for the best part of the season, didn't he? He was like our super sub. Mm. So I oh, would yeah. rather. But I also feel as well that um, Havertz gives us a little bit more on the defensive side than what Emil Smith Rowe does. And I think Emil Smith-Rowe maybe gives us a little bit more going forward than Havertz does. And so in a game against a team like Liverpool, I would rather start the game having that little bit more of defensive security. And then we see how the game goes. We settle into the game and then there's always opportunities then for Emil Smith-Rowe to come on and hopefully give us a little bit of pizzazz and a little bit extra when the other side's got some tired legs. So we've seen lately that, especially against Sheffield United, which isn't a good um, <coughs> a good barometer for what we're doing. But oh, hold on, Danny. There's a few, there's a few, Danny, Danny, there's a few people in the chat box saying about Jorginho, and I think that's a very good shout because we're looking. That's what I think Mikel Arteta is going to put out a team that you put out that you put up on the screen. But yeah. I agree with some people in the chat box. I actually do like the idea of Jorginho playing as the deeper midfielder. And uh, Declan Rice as the left eight next to Odegaard. Because then, you know, Declan Rice doesn't look too bad uh, getting into the box and having a shot if it's necessary, but he can also come back and help defend as well with Jorginho and, and form a double pivot, pivot when needed. Because defend is what they're going to do. But from watching Liverpool, what they tend to do is attack down the wings. And if you've got Salah, if he's going to be playing, He's going to be running down our left-hand side. And who's going to be on our left-hand side? Well, it's not going to be Zinchenko. He's going to be playing DM or, or <laughs> 10 or striker. And so Salah is going to run right down that side. We cut Tommy Ashu got knocked out of the um, the Asia Cup uh, today. They lost, I think they lost 2-1 at the last-minute goal. And so he's not going to be back in time. We've got nobody else who can play at left-back because there's no one left at the club who can do it. And so is he going to say to Zinchenko, look, you need to stay and play as a proper left-back because if you don't, every time you go into midfield, they're going to lob the ball down the right-hand side and Salah is going to run down there and then Saliba's going to have to go out wide to try and stop him and then there's going to be a massive gap in the middle and then Salah's going to square it to someone. Nunes is going to hit the post five or six times and then he's eventually going to score or they're going to muscle our players out of the way. We saw, what was the last game we played against Forest? We saw how easily one of their attackers shoved, was it Saliba or Gabriel, one of the two at the back, shoved them out of the way. Just shoved them and then they got to the ball and scored. And then they're not even a decent team. 
But then if you're playing against Liverpool, and we saw in Liverpool's last game just how un- unreal they are at scoring goals. They should have had 10 goals again in their last game. I can't remember who they played. Who did they play? Uh, they won 4-1 or 4-0. Oh, wasn't it? Um, was it Chelsea? That's it. They played Chelsea. Uh, so I think you're right, and a true Guna and Boy 10, that it is important that we shore up the central midfield so then Zinchenko doesn't have to drift across into the middle of the pitch. Because if we play those three, Rice and Jorginho, that means we've got two players who can play defensive midfield. We don't need a third one coming in there. We cannot let our wings, our flanks be left empty because they will exploit that and then they will pull us apart and it's going to be, oh, I'll cry. I, I, I think I think, I think the theory of it is how it's supposed to be is, is that when... Uh, uh, Zinchenko goes joyriding off into the midfield. If we <laughs> then if we then find ourselves in danger on the left, then Megalegs has got to sort of like get himself over there to cover, which then yep. splits our defence. And then the deeper, the, the DM on the day, let's say it's Declan Rice, he then has to see what's happening at the same time and drop back into the defence. So there's a lot of things that have to happen at the same time. And if somebody misses misses the play and doesn't quite see what's happening, then you've got Megalegs going all the way over to the left and we've got this huge gap at the back if Declan Rice doesn't see it and drop back in. Or if Megalegs doesn't see what's going on and doesn't sh- sh- shuffle over to the left, then we've got a great big gaping hole. So everybody needs... It's a very... It's a high-risk, high-reward. Everybody needs to be switched on and everybody needs to see that when the danger happens, they've all got to see it at the same time and get into their next position. And sometimes it doesn't work. You get caught out. Des Moran says, gentlemen, I want to I want everyone to relax and chill and enjoy the show. I have been a fan for for a long time. Charlie George, sorry, I disagree, and I have never been more confident before a big game. Three one win to the Arsenal. Well, we will see you tomorrow afternoon, about seven o'clock. It'd be me and our very own Nick. And you can come on, Des. And then when it ended up being four one or four one or four four one or four two or something like that. We have got absolutely no chance against them. The, the morale of our players is rock bottom at the moment. May, may have got a fluky win against Forest, but we saw 2-0 up, and again, we took a foot off the pedal as that analogy, and I hate footballing analogies, but we started taking it easy. They come back, they scored a goal, and it was the usual, like it constantly is under Arteta, squeaky bum time, and no, I don't want Arteta fired. Rudy says, I think ESR will start against Liverpool instead of Kai. Um, we've done that one and that one. Um, that's what Arteta will play, says Boyten, as in Ryan Jorginho and Erdegaard. Uh, and lots of numbers. ESR, how many starts has he managed under Arteta? Not many. In uh, Boyten Daniels, says, not a lot. No. ESR needed to be sold. Arteta knows he made a mistake signing Trossard and Havertz because they both play where ESR should fit. There is three players into one position, does not go, and you can't keep all three happy throughout the season. Mr. Waffles, Zinchenko is playing exactly where, yeah, he is playing where Arteta wants him to play, and that's the problem. He shouldn't be playing in there because he keeps getting caught out of position. And then poor old Martinelli has to run back at the speed of light and intercept them and stop them, which he has done quite a few times this season. But that inverted left-back is doing us no favours. We had to do that last season because we didn't have a defensive midfielder. I mean, Xhaka what? has shown for years that he can't play the DM. So that's why Zinchenko was doing it last season. Now we've got someone who can do it. Cancel the inverted left back. Stand. I just think that I, I get the idea of the, in the inverted fullback, but I think we've gone about it in a backward approach. What I mean by that is we have a midfielder, which is what he plays for his country. Everyone says he's a midfielder, he's not a defender. So he's a midfielder that plays in the defence so he can't really defend, who wanders into the midfield, where I would prefer to have a defender who defends, but is able and comfortable enough to go into the midfield, not the other way around. So they're a defender first, not a midfielder first, if that makes any sense. Is there some? Is there such a person out there? I don't know, but if I was going to set a team up which had an inverted fullback, I would approach it in that way, that they're, they're a defender first, but they're comfortable enough on the ball to wander into the midfield and help out. Yeah, we see that young man doing it as the inverted right right back at Man City, but he's, he's as quick as stink, so he can do it. Zinchenko isn't fast, and he it's, struggles to do it, and he's not a great defender. But have you also noticed with Zinchenko that when he does get the ball sometimes, 
he's very slow at moving it on. It's like he gets the ball, stops, puts his foot on top of the ball, has a look round. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm over, I now make over-exaggerating <sighs> and then move the ball on. He doesn't uh, get the ball and just release it very quickly. He seems to always take about f- three, four, five seconds before he does anything with the ball. And I think that comes sometimes can slow us down a little bit. And he gets caught out. He gets caught napping a little bit and, and can get dispossessed. Uh, Mr. Waffles says, Timber is that player. Timber is indeed that player. And that's what Arteta's okay. plan was this season. Oh, we saw in the two games that he played, the Charity Shield in the first game, that he has the, the speed to go and do that. And he is a wonderful player at, at such a young age. And he will fit in with the back the back four that we've got at the moment wonderfully. Um, I, when I, say I hope so. It's because, you know, what I saw, the very small snapshot that I, I, saw, of, I saw of him in an Arsenal shirt, he did look good. But I've not, do you know what I mean? You know what it's like when you sign, you know, when a young player comes and signs for a big club in the Premier League, you know, they're all full of piss and vinegar. And the reason I say that is, is look at Nuno Tavares when he first came to us and he got that, he got a few games because Kieran Tierney was out. When when Kieran Tierney got better, there were people saying that Nuno Tavares should still stay in the team. But we yeah. then saw that on an extended run, that pit and vinegar, it kind of wears off after a bit. And then the, the player plateaus and we get to see their natural level. We haven't had an opportunity to see that with Timber yet. For me, fingers crossed, what we saw in that very small snapshot is his level on a consistent basis. And that would be fantastic. Um, Boy 10 says... Both Zinchenko and Erdegaard are being told to slow down our tempo. Arteta wants to let our opposition organise first and no counter-attacks allowed. We can't afford to counter-attack against Liverpool because they will counter-counter-attack and, and, and Gagan press and all those other football things that I don't understand. And they'll do that and they'll ruin us. Um, BX has gone old school here. Play Kivior the way Keown used to play in front of the defence when he was the third centre-back. Because uh, when when Arsene Wenger took over Arsenal, they were playing three centre-backs. Mm-hmm. That would have been Keown, Bold and Adams. And Keown was the more mobile of the three of them because the other two were old with no knees. Um Yes, uh, and lots of numbers. Kivior is a squad player, shouldn't start in the Premier League. How have you felt about Kivior so far this season? Because I've not been overly impressed. I've not been I've not been angry, but I've not been impressed. But to be fair to the lad, he's been playing as a left-back when he's not a, le- and he's not a full-back. He's a, he's a central yeah. defender, and we've not really, I don't think, had an opportunity to see him play in his favoured position, for me anyway, to, to, to form much of an opinion. Every time I see the lad, he's struggling out of position. It is. You can kind of see the whole idea because Ben White is can easily play as good a centre back as his right back, and so when Ben White goes up the pitch, then Kivior becomes a, a back three of three centre backs, and then but Kiv, I don't remember Kivior going up the pitch the way Ben White does. So then Ben White would drop back and make three centre backs. I think that's the kind of thing that Arteta likes when he plays him there, but it just doesn't work because that is a very unnatural way to play football. For most people, I think most footballers grow up playing a four-four-two. You're a centre back. You stay there. You defend while your your full backs go and tackle and attack a little bit. Then give it to the wingers. And then, no, that's that's how football has been. And football is constantly evolving. But yeah, like at the moment, I'm playing football manager, and I've lost. I went 140 games from the start, very start of the game. 140 games unbeaten. That wow. was seven and a half seasons without losing a game, and then I lost a game three-one. Who two? I don't know how. Huh? Who two? Who did you lose to? I don't know. I've no idea. I'm I'm in the thirteenth tier of English football, so I've won seven invincibles. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm but I'm going to win the league again. I'm I'm going to take my team ABWFC. I'm going to take them to the conference at least, hopefully the Premier League. But it's uh, in my thing. I play three centre backs, and then I play three central midfielders, and then I play two wingers, a ten, and a striker, and I am wonderful at it. It's only now my um. It's getting a bit tough. So I do love the three centre-back situation, but then all my three centre-backs are told to stay back and tackle hard. They'll go wandering upfield. Um, Boyten says, Kivior, an- another player that never should have been signed. It's too obvious Arteta doesn't trust or rate the player. And he says, frankly, Kivior didn't impress me with the two or three games he's gotten so far as a centre-back. 
Um, Phil says, Keon used to bite anyone that went near him. Keevior seems to be so lightweight. Everybody seems lightweight against Keon because he's got a monkey's head. Everybody used to sing that to him. Keon, he's got a monkey's head. He's got a monkey's head. <laughs> he, they also used to uh, sing it about the, uh, who was the other player? He used to play for Everton. Peter Reid. Peter Reid's got a monkey's head. Do-da, do-da. Yeah, Peter Reid's really got a monkey's head. <laughs> And then Arteta out or in? Um, Arteta in. I don't want to go through all the trouble of uh, of getting rid of Arteta's players for the new manager. I mean, I'm, we're never going to win the no. league. You're never li- you're never realistically going to win the league when you have got Pep and Klopp running Man City and Liverpool. You're not going to do it. Third's the best we can ever realistically go. That's the that's what we've got to aim for. Last season was a fluke. Do, am I am I wrong with that, Stan? Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are saying that because Klopp's announced he's leaving, that it's going to give them an extra boost. I, I actually think the other side of the coin, it could actually add to pressure. You know, the spotlight being constantly on them and, and being expected to win every single game now to the end of season for Klopp. But maybe they can't do that. Maybe you've got players that are kind of like, you know, are thinking to themselves, oh, what does this mean for me as a player? You know, if he's going to leave, what if the next guy's coming in? And doesn't fancy me. And while you're thinking like that, you're not playing as well. You know, if you're constantly in the back of your mind wondering about well, what's the future going to hold for me? You know, I only came in a season ago. What if this new guy doesn't fancy me? I've just settled my family here. If you're thinking like that, it's just, it's going to interfere with your game, hopefully, for us. <laughs> it is, yes. So um, what else should we talk about? Transfer window. Well... That was slightly over oh, was there, wasn't it? There was a transfer window, was there? When was apparently there was, and I'll, oh. I'll tell you who that the, the okay. we had we had a few um, bits of wheeling and dealing players who've left the club permanently. Runner the gunner Alex Runnison has gone to Copenhagen. Cost us two million. Played six games. Gone forever. Miguel Aziz, twenty-one. DM has gone to play in the third tier of Spanish football. Played one game for us. Lino Souza, nineteen-year-old left back, has gone to Villa could end up being up to £12 million, and they've immediately loaned him out to Championship side uh, Plymouth. Bradley Ibrahim, 19, gone to Hertha Berlin, and we've lost an under-16 player, uh, Macaulay Adams, to Fulham. And we've taken back and re-loaned out. Mick Birf has gone to Strum Graz in Austria. Omar oh. Rekic has gone to Servette in Switzerland. He's 22 now. I mean, for a 22-year-old, and I don't think he's played more than... Has he played a game? I'm not sure. Charles Sargo Jr. has gone to Swansea. He's 19. Kaelin Edwards, 20, has gone to Leighton Orient. Zane Monolois, Monolois has gone to Reading. Good luck with that. And Marquinhos is allegedly going to a Brazilian side, but he's playing for the Brazil. I think he's going to Fluminese. Yeah, I read there was two teams there. I think Marlon might be in Corinthians. Uh, yeah, but he's not having a great time of it. Um and we didn't even get anybody in on loan. Everybody's got players they don't want. We've got nobody in on loan. But at least we managed to get five players off of the, the wages. Did we, get rid of, did we manage to get rid of Cedric or not? <laughs> no. Uh, Sports Hack um, said, <laughs> Cedric Storwaz has cost Arsenal £15.6 by the end of his fourth and final year at Arsenal. Is that Cedric? Cedric. Yes. Yeah, I was just reading what um, Guns he, he and the says. He, Cedric reminds me of that famous uh, Jesse Ventura quote from uh, Predator when he says, uh, he's dug in deeper than an Alabama tick. That's Cedric, <laughs> man. He's <laughs> not going anywhere. But the, but what, I've, what I have noticed, though, is Runnison, that's, that, that's now the 13th player that we've just let walk away for no money. 13. 13. Yeah. Runnison, I believe. I you know 15. how much they all add up to. It's going to be best no, part of two hundred million. That's a good question. I'd like to know that. But thirteen players that we've allowed to just walk away without getting any investment back, you know. And and it looks like to me that Cedric will probably be the fourteenth because we didn't get him on a on a free loan. We actually, if you remember, we paid five million so that we could yeah. get him like a couple of months early. We, the January we, need, we needed Cedric so badly that rather than wait a few weeks and get him for yeah. free, we went, no, take a briefcase full of five million crisp English pounds, please, so that we can have him. And so that he will be number 14. That's going to just walk away for nothing. And 
I just don't. I think we need to be do. We need to do better than that because we're going to get a reputation for it, and people are just going to like continually just roll us over when we're trying to sell players. I mean, that 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 Awobi deal. That kind of like that's like you know that's the sort of tale that scouts that work for Arsenal tell their like you know grandchildren about. Yeah, this one guy worked in our department once, and he sold an Arsenal player for forty million pounds. Can you? Really? No way. You know, it's like a fabled legend, the guy that got rid of an Arsenal player for 40 million. Wasn't there a TV series where someone got fired from work and he just kept turning up anyway? It's a (laughs) TV series that I've seen and I can't remember what it was. Was it? Oh, it was George in in, um, in Uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, Yeah, he got fired and kept turning up anyway. I think they know that if they do get rid of um, Cedric, he's just going to turn up anyway. But yeah, he'll, he's, he'll have he's, like a, you'll see someone down the end of the corridor one day in like one of those brown janitor coats and a big broom, and he'd be like, as you get closer, you notice that it's Cedric Suarez. Or Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah. Someone said they should make Hong Kong Fooey the live-action film. Don't know where I heard that, but I like okay. the idea. Oh, I was watching um, Kevin Smith on Fat Man Beyond. Yeah, very, very good. Um, yeah, very so... So like, like Archangel says, Cedric has survived another window. Um, Phil says, we are so shit at selling. A year ago, we could have sold Ramsdale for the price of a firm Mayfair mansion. Next summer, he will be worth as much as a derelict toilet in Newcastle. Yeah, it's not going to be good, is it? So it is uh, it's frustrating. But if you're going to get these players in, you're going to give them a lot of money. The same thing's going to happen to Eddie and the same thing's going to happen to Reese Nelson because no one in their right mind is going to give those players more than about 40, 50 grand a week at the very maximum. And they're going to look at this and go, well, I've just signed a new deal, a new three or four year deal, 100 grand a week. Why would I go anywhere? They're going to go full Winston Bogard. And that's one for the kids. Go and check it up. He was a player signed by Chelsea when they were buying everybody. They didn't want him. And he went, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving on a free. And you're not cancelling my contract. And he sat in the Chelsea reserves and the Chelsea youths. He was a full Dutch international. They bought him from Barcelona, I think. And he sat there for three years, taking didn't all he, of his wages. Didn't he move back to Amsterdam and did like he would fly in to do training and then just fly <laughs> or something like that? He would like fly in. Be surprised. Like did you ever meet him when you lived there? No. Did you ever meet any players while you were there? Yes, I did, actually. I met Edgar Davids. Oh, Barney manager. I used to work for a company that sold online uh, degrees for the University of Liverpool. And and someone said, here, Stan, Edgar Davids has, has just been in and he's just leaving. So I, just, I literally got up, ran to the elevator, and the door was just about closing. And I don't mind him. I put my hand in and it opened up. And I, I stepped in and he was next to me. And I looked around and I went, oh, Mr. Davids, pleased to meet you. And he actually said that um, he admitted that he felt that Arsenal was a fantastic team. Yeah. And this is when he'd just oh. been playing for Tottenham and that. So I quite like that, that he was like, yeah. Because he asked me what team I supported. And he said, yeah, they are one of the probably the best team in London, which was quite nice to hear. Excellent. Nice play. And I've seen uh, Frank Reichardt as well. Oh he my just, god! He just, he just he just whizzed past me on a, on a bicycle. He was sat on the back seat of somebody's bicycle, and I think the, the right he, had like, he had like flip flops on. He had his jeans all rolled up. He looked like he was kind of like he, he looked like he should have been on a beach somewhere on an island. He looked very chilled and relaxed. And the forgotten man of the three Dutchmen who played for AC Milan. They all remember Hullet and Van Basten. You asked what the third one was, and they go, yeah. "I don't know who was it." Frank yeah. Reichardt. And like Inter Milan had the three Germans. They had uh, Klinsmann, Matthias, and no, was it? Oh, and I have seen Rotolia at a distance, just in the shopping area. I was like, oh, well, all you need to do now is find Ram Baston, and you've got the AC Milan three. <laughs> as they never referred to Arsenal trader. Hello, a name I've not seen on here before. He's got um, uh, Keon given Van Nistelrooy. Um, a good shouting too in his avatar. Bookies make Arsenal eleven to ten favourites. Liverpool two to one, or eleven to ten is virtually one to one, and then Liverpool two to one. So we're twice as likely to be to win than Liverpool are. That's bullshit. Uh, Phil, I mean, it's true, but I mean, I don't agree with the odds. Uh, Phil says Craig Bellamy used to fly a helicopter to training for, in Blackburn from Wales for fifteen k a pop. I mean, when he was That's at Celtic, yeah. he won the the Scottish League Cup. And someone once asked him, where's the medal? He went, I don't know, threw it, in, threw it in the house somewhere. I don't care about it. What a horrible little man he was. Mm. Um, did he spit at you, Stan? 
No, he's very polite. It was uh, Edgar Davids. Smaller Barnet than I thought he'd be as well. I thought it was, his height was smaller than I thought he'd be. How tall are you? I'm six, about six one. Jesus. You don't look it there. I mean, the, the hair's had enough inch to that, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm 6'2 now. <laughs> hey, still not too late to get a pro wrestling career. Uh, Fergus says, big day tomorrow. Arsenal smashing Liverpool and the lads celebrating my 21st for the 33rd time. So you are actually older than me, Fergus. Well, well, well. I thought you were quite a bit younger. I'm Happy birthday for tomorrow, by the way, Fergus. Hope you have a good day, mate. Happy birthday, Fergus. Everybody in the chat say happy birthday, Fergus, and go onto YouTube, type in Guns and Yellow Ribbons and go and subscribe because they've passed the miraculous number of 1,000 subscribers, which means they can oh, now right. monetize their videos and rake in Ooh. that 25p per show that we make, if you're lucky. Yeah. But you will find out, Fergus, don't get the ump over it, but they will dem- you go monetize video, it'll go green, okay, and then immediately it'll go orange, and then you have to do a manual request every fucking time because YouTube are assholes. And then the yeah, time so it if, takes uh... you, the, the time it takes for them to manually review it and then go, oh, it's okay for advertisers, everybody who's ever going to watch the video has watched the video. So there you go. You're basically fucked. Yeah, it is pointless. Um, uh, Phil says he might put a 10 on at 2 to 1 as much as I am down about tomorrow I would never bet on Arsenal to lose Archangel uh, Sniper Spitter was in, yes he was he did the JFK skit didn't they I remember that one Spat. they were coming out of a baseball game and, he went, and they thought he spat at him and they went through it all oh. like, it was like, oh vaguely yeah. vaguely yeah wonderful stuff um phil says dan could tell us he's seven foot he's sitting down he might be three foot tall for all we know very good uh des says stan you're right but a lot of these players were bought in under the previous regime that barker guy uh barcelona guy but we have improved greatly in uh in this re- in this regard under i read the big writing not the little writing because people have got it on the right hand side in little writing and then on the screen in big so i'm gonna go to the big screen that barker guy we have improved greatly in this regard under edu and the new transfer regime no doubt no i i, I think i'd have to disagree very heavily there because i've counted up i went through this about about a month ago on our channel on uh, Arsenal Fan Circle, 26 players have been signed under Mikel Arteta. And look, I don't want to sound like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an Arteta out hashtag because I'm not. I'm not Arteta out or just Arteta in. I just, I just support Arsenal. And yeah. I actually like my Mikel Arteta and I'm not, I don't want, I'm not, don't want him out. But Me too. But I'm not afraid to hold him accountable as well as I'm not afraid to, to compliment him as well. But I looked at 26 of that he's people that he signed and I could only find six that work have worked out I could only find six players out of 26 in my view that I can say have worked out and some Let's of those players, one of them. some of those players haven't worked out for example if you can't if you're a great football if you're a good footballer but you're never available to me that means you haven't worked out because we don't see you play you don't contribute to the team so there's many factors to why players haven't worked out but to me, the 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 uh, the the uh, transfer, the money that we've spent. Yes, we've got some good gems in there. I mean, you know, look at Declan Rice, Od- Odegaard, fantastic player as well. A little bit off the ball this season, but a fantastic player. You know, uh, Megalegs, Gabriel Megalegs, another fantastic player. You know, but there are quite a lot that just haven't worked out. And six out of twenty-six for me is poor. It's poor. Trossard, you asked me about Trossard. The thing is about Trossard is, is that I really like Trossard. And before he even came to the club, we were talking about which players we would like to see come into Arsenal. And he was one that both myself and Ray identified. So we were well chuffed when we signed him. But he's one of these players that he comes off the bench, he does good things. And you see him do that a few times. And you think to yourself, he's got to be knocking on the door. He's got to be banging on the door and putting himself into contention for a start. And you start hearing your, your friends murmuring the same thing, man. When's Trossard going to start? And then he'll get a start and he'll never pay the manager back. He'll never give the manager something to think about when the manager's thinking, oh, maybe I'll have to start him in the next game. And we have a lot of players like that. We have quite a few players that do that. Eddie, sometimes right. sometimes Eddie just doesn't take the chances that he should get. Yes, he got a hat trick a against Sheffield United, but 
when is it that, you know, he never follows a good game up with another good game and is similar with Jesus as well. He had a great game in the last game, but I want to see, I want a striker that will score in a game and then the next game, he'll follow it up with another goal. You know, sometimes you hear, you're watching match of the day and they'll pick out a player like Ollie Watkins and go, Ollie Watkins has scored six in the last seven. And you think, that's not a bad return. I never hear that about Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, he scored in the last five games. He's got a little run going there. Just never seems to happen. So uh, this is one of the reasons why when I look at this game with Liverpool, I'm not confident. It's not because I want to be a Debbie Downer, but I just feel so uh, that there's no there's no consistency in the way that we're playing. And if you look at some of the players that brought up high numbers last season, like Martinelli and Odegaard, they're severely off the off their game this season for whatever reason. I don't know why but they're not putting in the return that they did as they, as they did last season. And and that's going to kill us because we know that Gabriel Jesus isn't going to make up those numbers. The numbers that they're not putting up is not going to be made up by Gabriel Jesus, unfortunately. So that's why I feel a bit nervous about tomorrow. I agree. Fergus says, Dan, how many players at Man United or Chelsea out of 26 worked out? Well, isn't that like saying you've walked in cat shit, you've worked in dog shit, and yeah, now but, you've what, walked in elephant shit? It's all yeah, but shit, really, thing, right? it? Fergus, I don't support United or Chelsea. So I don't really care. I hope that none of them work out. I don't want any of their players to work out. But I do think that some of the players that we've, we've some of the decisions that we've made on bringing players in, I mean, look at the Willian decision. I mean, we, he seems to be flourishing in the environment at Fulham, which again makes me wonder, why couldn't we get him to work at Arsenal? Yes, we got him for free, but he was paying, he was being paid quite a lot of money up into the 200s or so, I believe, a week. And we just could not get him to work. And then he goes off to Fulham and he shows everybody that it's not because he's coming over the other side of the hill of his career. He's still got something to offer. True. Um, people, predictions time. What I'm going to do with this, I'm going to pull my finger out and do a little bit of extra work. I'm going to get on, you can have a YouTube shorts, which is one up to about a minute, I think. So if everybody can put their predictions in this chat, then I will go and produce this, publish this as a, a one-minute YouTube shorts of me reading out everybody's predictions. So far, we've only got two. Me and Stan will do ours at the end of it. And so we need at least 10 of you to put your predictions in there. I, there's I, 32 I, people here. Can I just answer something that uh, Fergus has said there? He says, the point is, is that you buy players and some work and some don't. But the looking at the ratio under Mikel Arteta and I do, that means that every five players that we buy only one of them works out. Every five players we buy, only one of, of only one works out. There's only 11 that you can put in a team. So that's saying then, like, if you were to buy 11 players to put in a team, only two of them are going to work out? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's, that's a bad ratio. And to say that William isn't a good example, I don't know what more of an example you would want. We bought this player in, he stifled Nicola Pepe, who we invested 75 million in. We got this player in for free in Willian. We gave him over 200 pounds a week. And he had a great first game and a great last game. That was his bookend of his Arsenal career. Everything else in between was, was toilet. And I'm a Willian fan. I liked Willian. And he's doing very well at Fulham. But for whatever reason, we couldn't get a tune out of him at Arsenal, which is another concern why our coaching staff were unable to get out of Willian what they're getting out of him at Fulham. Playing in the same position. Hmm. Come on, people, put your predictions in. We've only got four so far. Luca, what's your prediction? Fergus, um, we've got predictions so far from a few of you. We've got them from Mr. Waffles, Phil, Boy10 and Manny Fresh. And that's it. We need more predictions so that I can go and do that. Um, that YouTube reels. And I'll stay here until you pull your fingers out and just type some numbers. Make it easy for me to read out as well. Be better if you put like Arsenal, this, and then Liverpool. Arsenal, then two numbers, then Liverpool. Oh, here we go. Archangel. There you go. Oh, Fergus has added one. So we've got six now. God, it's like it's like bloody uh, a telethon where you're trying to raise money. <laughs> just, just type people. Jerry Come on. Lewis. Get Jerry Lewis. Yeah. On. So, uh, yeah, where, are you going to go to the pub, do you think, or are you going to stay? Exactly, exactly. How that's far is it happened. from your house? It's downtown. 
Do you know what I mean? What it's mean? like it's that's like a half hour walk or a ten minute drive. I'll, I'll probably get up, put on my Superman onesie, put the fire on, and just curl up, <laughs> uh, 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 curl up in front of the fire and watch it with a cat. Manny Fresh, a name I've not seen before. He has right, not Manny integrated Fresh. any youth players from the academy. What is that? There are a few bullshit tweets going around where people are trying to justify it and saying um, a number of starts for Smith Rowe, Saka, blah de blah before Arteta got here. Those players were already virtually first team players because of the <laughs> the Europa League run and the FA Cup run and other runs. I'm all about players who haven't played any. Before Arteta got there, hasn't played any first-team games. They're the players that you count as as youth players, and that has been almost that has been. Manwari's had one, and I think a couple of others have had one or two. I've I've got a couple of things about the youth, and 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 look, some of the times when I say stuff, when I'm talking, I come onto these podcasts, and if, if if I have to say something negative, like what I've just said about uh, only X amount of players working out, and uh, and that concerns me. It's not because I want to be a, a Debbie Downer. As I say, as much as I can compliment what Mikel Arteta does, I'm not afraid to hold him accountable. But I do see that there are a section of our fan base where it's like, you're not allowed to do that. If you say anything that's slightly critical in any way, and again, I'm a big believer in it, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. You know, you can have a reasoned debate and 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 maybe look at look at somebody's failings and discuss it. But there are a section of our fans that if you try and do that, then you're, you're just labelled, ah, oh, fuck this negative guy. I'm, going, I'm unfollowing him. They'll requote your tweet and say, look at this negative guy and blah, blah, blah. I only came on Twitter. Put, I had one the other day. Picked my phone up, saw this tweet where they, I was having a conversation with someone and they took what I was about to say now about the youth and said, oh, I'm going off Twitter for a couple of days. Look at this mug. And I'm like, but this is what Twitter's for. It's for to have <laughs> discussions on an open platform where we can chat about stuff. And I wasn't being like, you know, fuck this guy. I never talk about players like that. But looking at the, the, the youth situation for me, what I don't understand is it's like if I was the owners of the club, I'd say I'd sit down with Arteta and I'd sit down with, with uh, Mikel and I'd say, hey, look, from now on, I'm not giving you any more money right, to bring in any more of these youth prospects, such as Lokonga, such as Tavares, such as Marquinhos. And the reason why is, is that we have an academy full of youth. If you don't think that our youth academy are any good, then move them on and make space for other youth, rather than just collecting them up in the academy and leapfrogging them by bringing in these other youthful prospects with my money, and they're no good. None of these guys are going to make the first team. So why am I giving you money to spend on them when we've got a, a youth academy? And if you're in the youth academy and you're waiting for your chance and then you see them buy this Brazilian guy who plays in your position and he's in there in pre-season and going out on loan and you're thinking to yourself, well, what's happening to my career here? Surely you would think that would, you know, it would make you feel, well, they obviously don't rate me here. Otherwise, they wouldn't be searching, the scouring the globe, and bringing, these, bringing in these other youth that are leapfrogging me. My other theory is, though, as well, is that if you look at that kid that came on for Liverpool in the last game, Bradley, the Irish kid, I see a lot of our, and me included at the time, is going, well, why don't we have a kid that can come in like that? I think what it is is that he's not 16 or 17. He's like 20 years old. And I think that in our youth academy, in our in the different tiers that go down, I think that we've got a gap between the say maybe eighteen to twenty uh, range, where you could be putting them in the first team. But we've got a lot of prospects. It seems that are around about sixteen, almost seventeen, and so some of them are talented enough to be playing with the under 18s but maybe they don't want to put them in the first team because that's just too young. And we don't really have anything around that 20-year 20 20 year sort of range where you could see them coming into the team like Bradley at Liverpool. Maybe that's what's going on. I agree. That's a whole other podcast, though, that is. Um, yeah, so we've got 12 predictions at the moment. Um, Boyce, 88, you're there. You haven't given us a, a prediction um, has Archangel given us a prediction? Yes, you have. I'm going to go and uh, pick out some names now. Who else hasn't? Fergus has. Boy has. Um, Luca. Oh, Luca has. Manny Fresh has. Well, there is nearly 40 of you watching at the moment. There's got to be more of you that can put a prediction in. We've got 12. I mean, that's better. I only wanted 10. So I'm 12 will do. I'm gonna oh, go here we go. One. 
I'm going with three boys. Don't don't, don't don't give it away yet. So Boyce is there, right? That's it. I'm not taking any more um, predictions. So where are we up to in the show? We're up to 50 minutes, right? That'd be an easy number to go and to to do, right? So go to comments, and now I'm going to read yeah. out all your predictions, and me and Sam will give ours at the end. Uh, 50 minutes, good. I, I Mr. Waffles, what have you done? I let my <laughs> did. You've ruined it. No spoilers, man. <laughs> um, right. Mr. Waffles has gone 3-2 to the Arsenal. Phil Macker has gone 3-1 to Liverpool. Boy 10 has gone 3-2 to Liverpool. Manny Fresh, 3-1 the Arsenal. Archangel has gone 2-1 to Liverpool. Gun Trett Fergus has gone 3-2 the Arsenal. Boyce has gone 2-1 the Arsenal. Mad Rambo has gone 3-1 to the Arsenal. BX has gone 2-1 the Arsenal. Luca 2-0 to Liverpool. Formerly knows a 4-1 to Liverpool. Des has gone three-one the Arsenal. Boyce has gone two-one the Arsenal. Oh, he did. He did indeed give me that one. And uh, Stan, what are you going for? Um, unfortunately, uh, and I hate I hate to say it, but I'm just feeling it's maybe a three-one to Liverpool. And I really, really nothing would satisfy me more than to be wrong in that prediction. And it's three-one to Arsenal. I'm going three 0 to Liverpool because we are going to shit the bed, and I hope and I pray. I don't pray that someone's going to come and point at me and go, "We won that game three 0 You're a fucking idiot, and I hope they do. Hmm. That's a lovely gap. That will that will clip nicely, right, Stan? Thank you very much for coming and joining us. I did ask you how long you wanted to be. You said maybe half hour, forty five minutes, because neither of us were shut up. We've done fifty one minutes, and there's still nearly forty people here watching. Thank you very much to everybody who's watching. Feel free to give it a thumbs up, a subscribe. If you don't want to subscribe, go to Guns and Yellow Ribbons on YouTube. Go and subscribe to them because there are eleven hundred subscribers now, and you get more sense out of that lot. But um, be warned, um, you won't get a word in when Fergus is talking. Hey Fergus. <laughs> uh, oh, here he is. He's put something in the in the chat. Oh dear, this is gonna be it's gonna be terrible. Stan, thank you very much for joining us. As always, you've been a, an absolute joy to talk to. Yeah, thanks for having me. I do enjoy coming on to these pre and post shows with you. And uh big shout out to everybody that came and joined us in the chat box today. Shout out to Fergus, Mr. Waffles, Phil Macker, loads of numbers, uh Boy Ten, Archangel, Mad Rambo, and all the other usual suspects that come in and join us. So thank you very much. And uh I really hope we can pull this one out of the bag. So do I. I hope because if we don't win it, our title challenge is over. Not our season, like I said earlier. So um, we will be back tomorrow, about half, about seven, half seven, depending how much injury time it'll be. Me and the wonderful Nick fights, and we will be talking and crying over us being absolutely smashed again. Thank you very much, and uh, I'm going to try and jinx it by playing the Anfield '89 outro. I saved this one for special occasions. Come on, Arsenal, prove me wrong, please. Don't let us lose. How it goes to Lee Dixon. Long ball from Lee Dixon. Smith will hold it up. Plays it square to Thomas. And Thomas has goes inside Nickel. And Thomas is there. And Thomas has scored for Arsenal. In injury time, Michael Thomas has scored for Arsenal. A ball played through the gap. Thomas was there. He held off two challenges. Kept his head. By my watch, we are a minute and a half into injury time. And Michael Thomas may have won the...